are featured BBB Wise Giving Alliance accredited charity seal holders for this episode are Coenus Children's Fund, Helping Hand for Relief and Development, and Good Vision USA. To find out more about these and other BBB Wise Giving Alliance accredited charity seal holders, go to give.org. You're listening to the Heart of Giving podcast with Art Taylor, powered by BBBGive.org. Here we explore the motivations that form the basis of giving and service. We inspire generosity and celebrate the transformative effects that giving and service have on the human spirit and on community. The conversations featured on the podcast also uncover giving strategies that educate and provide tools to help listeners make impactful gifts of both their time and money. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Heart of Giving podcast, powered by BBBGive.org. Give.org is the nation's standards-based charity evaluator, and it's your one-stop source for information on giving and reports on the most asked about charities. I'm Art Taylor. Today, we're going to talk about marketing and specifically how charities market and some of the obstacles that they have to go through or have to overcome in order to market effectively to their constituents. And by constituents, I mean various stakeholders, which would include donors, people who participate in charity programs, volunteers, potentially even government officials, business owners, and others. In other words, people who benefit or who are concerned about what organizations do and how it affects in a good way, hopefully, their communities. And today to do this with me, we have two professionals who are going to help us think through this. The first presenter today is Angela Walton of Breakthrough Marketing and Consulting. Angela is the founder and president of Breakthrough Marketing Consulting, a 16-year veteran of consumer and marketing, and Angela has a proven track record of developing strategy, building brands, and creating marketing communications for leading global and national consumer brands. You know, orchestrating a customer's journey through the marketing funnel, as we hear about, that is creating awareness, interest, decision, action, and ultimately loyalty, takes quite a bit of work. And so we're really grateful today to have Angela with us to take you through this journey. Angela, thank you for joining us on the Heart of Giving podcast. Let's get going. I just want to say thank you for inviting Breakthrough and myself to come and share with you today. We're excited to be here this afternoon. We're going to start off just by talking that the role of any marketer is to create the right message and deliver it to the right audience at the right time, really using the most effective channels. However, today's media environment is more fragmented than ever, really making it challenging to effectively identify and engage with your target audience in the most relevant and meaningful ways. So why is that? Today, we're going to talk about some of the macro environmental forces that are really impacting consumers and their willingness to give and support nonprofits. Angela, I can't wait to hear about that. 
Then we're going to get into just some marketing trends. Let's really talk about what's driving the shifts in marketing spending and approaches today. And then we'll end with giving you six strategies to develop your own impactful marketing. Okay, let's get going. As we fully emerge from our pandemic experience, we find ourselves really in an ever-evolving marketing place as grappling with economic uncertainty, declines in philanthropic giving, and a multi-generational donor base. So we're going to talk about each one of these today. We're all living in this environment of this economic uncertainty, so we're very much familiar with the high inflation, which is really causing negative consumer sentiment and belt tightening, higher interest rates, bank failures, and even corporations are really starting to streamline their sponsorship opportunities. They're under pressure to really make sure that they're being efficient and tightening up their alignment to their own organizational values and motivations. Let's talk a little bit about the declines that we're seeing in philanthropic giving. This is from the Fundraising Effectiveness Project. They do a quarterly report, and this is the full year 2022 versus 2021. And you'll see that the giving dollars is down 1.7% in 2022 versus 2021. Donors are down 10%, and retention, meaning the owners, donors from the previous year that did not come back in 2022, is down 3.5%. So this is the second consecutive year of significant decreases in donor participation. And we're really seeing the decline in terms of the overall dollars being driven by the large donors. Again, this is 2022 data, but we've seen this even this year. Uh, CNBC last week did a poll of millionaires asking them where they plan to cut back due to the high inflation rates. They said 16% of them said in charitable giving. So we can see that some of these trends from even last year are kind of coming forward into this year. And even the things that may have sparked the giving, like the pandemic or societal issues, are not really making people return to giving like they did in previous years. So tell us some of the good news. The good news is that we have a multi-generational donor base, and there is a historic wealth transfer that's happening right before our very eyes. So you have donors who are expected to transfer their wealth to X and millennials by 2045, $84 trillion. And actually the impact to nonprofits is expected to be 12 trillion. But these younger donors have their own unique identity with 76% of them saying that they want to have a philanthropic identity that is separate from their family or different from their parents. And this really just pinpoints that they have their own values, motivations, behaviors, For instance, younger audiences are much more likely to share causes that they believe in online and to contribute to crowdfunding campaigns. They're also much more zero targeted in on concrete results. So they want to know your theory for change. They want to go on the on-site visits. They want to see the hard data as to why your program or your organization is effective. And this all leads into them feeling more comfortable to give when they have, you know, that trust. And this is where, of course, Wise Giving Alliance can come in as well and just building that trust for them to make that decision for organizations. So it's been said that if you want to see the future of marketing, it's more like looking through a kaleidoscope than a telescope, meaning that you have several diverse fragments versus one single perspective. That's really interesting. And that's because our marketing environment today includes traditional marketing, digital marketing, and emerging channels. So traditional marketing is everything that does not require, you know, internet for advertising. So that's your TV, your radio, your print, your out of home, your even direct mail. 
And of course, we're now much more familiar with all the digital marketing tactics, such as websites, social media, email, blogs, apps, mobile, etc. And what's coming onto the scene more and more now are podcasts, augmented reality, and virtual reality. And I want to talk a little bit about virtual reality and how some nonprofits are using that. It's been very effective in awareness campaigns. So specifically, Alzheimer's organization in the UK developed a virtual reality app to really help give people an idea of an experience of what it's like to have dementia. And this really helped them gain awareness and compassion and understanding for their cause and their mission and ultimately helped gain support. Fantastic. Traditional media is still very much relevant and alive. And even though we've lived in kind of this digital environment for the last decade, CMOs are now shifting um, from a digital first perspective to more of a hybrid and multi-channel strategy. And that's because although consumers are spending much of their waking hours online, they're also becoming numb to the conventional di- digital advertising that they're experiencing. So all the pop-ups and all the, you know, the, the ads before the video that they want to see, you know, they're just really tuning out from all this and it's becoming a very cluttered environment. So you take the cluttered effect and you put on top of that the death of the death third-party cookies and you really see marketers really go back to some of these tried and true tactics for reach. So we know that traditional media is traditionally more um, effective in gaining reach, attention, engagement. Angela, what about trust in these various mediums? It's also more trusted than social media advertising. And in terms of broadcast TV, there's nothing like that. It's the ideal platform for really delivering those emotional storytelling methods that really can draw your audience in. So we even see things changing and shifting in this channel. Well, what's happening with traditional media? That is uh, TV in particular. So traditional TV is now trending towards connected TV or streaming. And we see as viewers go that way, so do advertisers and organizations. So now uh, organizations like Finecast can enable advertisers to really do precision targeting to viewer segments across on, on demand as well as live stream TV. Um, you also see um, companies like Netflix and Disney Plus offering ad-supported packages to those consumers who are no longer willing to pay a premium for those uh, ad-free environments. And then you see a little bit of experiment with Walmart and Roku coming together to develop a partnership around leveraging TV streaming for e-commerce shopping opportunities. So a little bit of innovation in this segment. For digital marketing, the effectiveness is also evolving. And so nonprofits are definitely reevaluating platforms and content to really respond to this digital decentralization and the cluttered environment. So let's take Twitter, for instance. And we've all kind of seen the turmoil that's happened with that platform since Elon Musk has come aboard. Some people are taking a wait-and-see approach, while others are, you know, no longer um, leveraging this platform. And some people are just unwilling to pay the additional fees to get the uh, checkmark badge. So how are audiences changing? For email marketing, it's all about, you know, what are you getting audiences to do after they open the email? So how are you driving them through your marketing funnel? For search, again, we talked about this cookie-less environment and where Google was once dominant because they had so much data. 
Now you're seeing marketers explore other alternatives like being in just more cost-efficient opportunities. And even TikTok has, you know, enhanced their video descriptions to 2,200 characters. So now making their platform much more robust and searchable. And that's really appealing to a younger demographic. One of the biggest shifts that you're seeing is that Facebook, which most nonprofits will say has been their staple in terms of they got the most users there, as well as they post the most content there. But when you ask them about the future for 2023 and beyond, they're really shifting towards Instagram and LinkedIn. And that's because Instagram is really growing. Um, It's growing with a younger audience and it's actually growing in terms of engagement due to things like reels and things of that nature. And nonprofits like LinkedIn as well, and that's due to their ability to really be able to target um, individuals based on their profession or based upon their professional networks, um, and also have that one-on-one engagement with thought leaders directly. What new channels should we be paying attention to? Let's talk about these emerging channels. So the decentralization of social media platforms um, is really causing marketers also to explore, to test, and learn from new options. There's a steady flow entrance um, into what, what was once tried and true. So for instance, you have T2 coming in trying to dethrone Twitter or Be Real, trying to be that more authentic, you know, authentic version of IG. And you have the you know, emergence of platforms like Meta and Clubhouse. But as marketers, we're all trying to figure out you know, what has peaked and what is permanent. So just taking a test and learn strategy is really important to see what really has staying power. Uh, podcast advertising is really, this is a growing medium, and we're actually seeing the advertising dollars grow as well. Versus last year, it was up 81% um, percent in terms of the podcast ad impressions. And we're expecting to see this medium continue to grow. And that's because listeners really trust their podcast host. Um, they're genuinely influenced by their endorsements. And almost half of podcast listeners actually pay attention (laughs) to the podcast advertisements versus other formats. And it's a really effective way to get a really targeted and well-informed, well-suited audience to hear your message. You'll also find that user-generated content is going to be more prevalent in the future, especially versus influencer content. Um, again, consumers have started to really um, move away from influencers and kind of see through and really are gravitating to the authentic appeal of real life people and real life stories. Um, and also it's very efficient and effective. Uh, it's a way to really create a lot of short video content that you can leverage on multiple platforms. And last, but certainly not least, is augmented reality integrations. You're seeing platforms like Snapchat and Facebook. They've already added features um, that let you add texts or images onto your real world view. And we know that Google is also looking to add innovation in this space as well. So those are just some things to consider as you put together your marketing mix. Angela, this seems like a lot for us to get our arms around. So. Now let's talk about what strategies you can leverage for developing your own impactful marketing. And you really want to start with a customized approach for your organization to really connect with your target audience. And that starts first and foremost with creating a strategic marketing plan. So your first step is to really evaluate organization's priorities. 
So really identifying the issues that you're looking to solve, and then also defining the metrics or the KPIs that you're looking to impact and defining what success looks like for you. From there, you really want to determine where you are in your customer journey and what tactics are best to really help drive people through your marketing funnel. And that's really going from awareness to trial to ultimately conversion. And Teresa is going to talk about this a little bit later in our talk today, but you're going to hear terms like top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, or bottom of the funnel. And really, those are just different marketing tactics that you use to really go from awareness to interest to conversion. And your ultimate goal is to take your supporters and stakeholders and make them informed, vested, and loyal to your organization. So next, uh, the cost for fragmentation is really segmentation and personalization. Um, it's really important for you to cater your marketing approach to the unique needs and goals of each individual segment. Uh, you can segment based upon donor size, based upon attitudes, based upon behaviors, uh, demographics, psychographics. Um, but it's really important to cater your message as well as your medium to really what um, is appealing to your target audience. And in addition to that is personalization. It's important to really understand that the Supporters that you're going after, they're consumers and they're consumers in this high tech world. So they have Spotify playlists, they have Amazon carts, you know, they have Netflix accounts and all of those have their specific profiles that are based upon their needs and their interactions and their leveraging past as well as predictive information. And so, you know, these consumers are expecting the same type of experience and interactions from your organization. So it's really important as you develop your marketing to really personalize and segment, to really cater to their interests, their desires, their aspirations, and their communication preferences. Oh, today's consumer wants everything, everywhere, all the time. <laughs> so it's really important for you to have clear, concise, and consistent brand story that's communicated across multiple channels. Um, so the first step, of course, is selecting the right platforms to reach and engage with your target consumer. And once you do that, really evaluating the effectiveness of each channel. So what's the reach? What's the ROI? Uh, what's the frequency? What's the time spent? And what are those metrics that you're really looking to um, to push the dial on to really achieve success and to you know, engage with your audience? Um, we're also seeing that in this kind of potential recession environment, that leveraging organic campaigns is a great option for nonprofits to consider. So that's really just all of your unpaid tactics um, to really drive traffic to your website. So it's a lot of content marketing, whether it's creating blogs or email campaigns or search engine optimization, um, case studies, a lot of things that really are unpaid that you can leverage in your toolbox. This next one is a big one, specifically for medium to small size nonprofits. Some of the larger nonprofits may have already done this, but we find that a lot of times nonprofits um, have data in several different places and the data is not integrated and talking to each other. So Angela, can technology help? And so you really want to reinvest in technology that integrates all of your data for your organization, because without that, you're creating a major barrier to developing really more effective marketing communication. 
So you want hopefully a CRM platform that enables you to really segment by topics, donors, advocates, programs, et cetera. And that will help you have a much more robust marketing plan and strategy. Of course, once you've invested technology, making sure that you're also in your talent to make sure that the staff is properly trained, willing to use the software so that you all can just really make the best of it as an organization. And if you need tech support, just making sure that you have that available as well. How is video and its accessibility helping us tell stories? Storytelling and video content, just creating a compelling and emotional story around your nonprofit mission, programming, and social impact is critical. So um, sometimes for organizations, especially who've been around a while, it's important to periodically evaluate, you know, has your mission changed? Um, Has it evolved? Um, Do you need to potentially reshape your brand story to effectively communicate where your organization is today? So that's a good thing to do from time to time. Also, um, in terms of video content, we know that most um, audiences are definitely much more receptive to short video content. And nonprofits are typically using this in more of a, you know, interview or one person or one subject format. But we like to encourage nonprofits to, you know, leverage lots of different video formats. So whether it's, you know, behind the scenes videos, show and tell, how we would love to see, you know, more variety in terms of the video content that's being leveraged. And last, but certainly not least, is artificial intelligence and automation. So, Angela, yes. What are your thoughts about AI? AI is here to stay and definitely transforming um, marketing and sales as we know it, providing just greater efficiency in terms of reach, scalability, um, effectiveness. And it's doing that because this gen AI technology really enables you to um, analyze large amounts of data and really identify new or additional segments that maybe you didn't know were there. It also enables you to optimize your marketing strategies by doing kind of A-B testing of various campaigns, um, page layouts, uh, headlines, um, and even search, search engine optimization strategies, and definitely even creating personalized um, content or copywriting. So uh, the automation feature is also good for creating workflows that are standard and saving time for your organization. So you'll see when you put all of these six strategies together, it really can give you a more robust and integrated um, campaign, really cut through the clutter and effectively reach your target audience. So with that said, I just want to say thank you on behalf of Breakthrough Marketing Consulting. Um, Our mission is to help nonprofits maximize their potential. So we're here to help you really bring your inspirations to life. So let us know. Angela, in this newer media landscape that we're seeing right now, this newer communications landscape with so many different channels, how are your clients faring? Yeah, I think that's really dependent upon the organization and how much you are adapting and leveraging technology because this world and marketing and everything has become so much more influenced by technology. And so if you've taken the time to develop a uh, distribution list, then that opens up many more channels, you know, to you. So most um, organizations, they start with their, you know, um, 
their email, then their website, and then social media, and they're building upon that. And so those are the top three that organizations are, are leveraging. But from there, you know, it really starts to get into, okay, well, now are your platforms working together? So for instance, your website, are you able to get leads from that and able to tell, you know, how long people are staying on your site or how far they're drilling down and things of that nature, because you can then have better conversations, um, better messaging, better marketing to really tap in and, and kind of get them to go further in your organization. So making sure that you're able to communicate and kind of have that integrated data with your donors, with your emails. I think sometimes that's where some of the organizations are struggling because they haven't done that work and kind of adopted things like a Salesforce, for instance, you know, that really allows you to have more robust um, campaigns and leverage data in a much more robust way. So if you can do that and just continue to build, it just really opens up many more platforms and options for you. So I want to talk about smaller um, organizations that have less resources how do they take advantage of the marketing tools available to them to get the most out of their marketing? Would you say that there are technological tools that might be most valuable to them? Would you say that there are strategies that will yield the most results given their limited resources? You know, we hear all the time that in our sector, large organizations can act like corporations, you know, they just put their money in their marketing budgets. But the smaller organizations don't have that capability. But if you're a smaller organization and you're trying to do as much as you can with the resources you have programmatically, and now you're trying to market, it creates a real challenge. What are some of the tools and tips you would recommend to them so that they can get the most out of their marketing dollars? Sure. You know, that's a great question. I think my biggest thing that I would tell marketers is just you have to start. I think the one thing that um, nonprofits do is sometimes they get a little paralyzed. So we don't have the money, so we can't do it. And so the biggest thing that you can do, you know, is is just pick one thing and start. So whether it's, OK, we're going to blog and that way you're creating content and that you can funnel into your email campaign, but you have to do something. A lot of times um, nonprofits will just only, they won't have evergreen kind of campaigns or advertising. They'll just only come in for uh, a fundraiser or for a program. And, you know, you have to really develop a relationship with your audience. So, you know, leveraging the channels that you have, again, that are unpaid, that organic content. So you have your own you know, website, your own social media, those things you don't have to pay for. That's different than paid search or paid search engine, you know, ads and things of that nature. Um, so you can leverage things like create case studies, white papers, all these things are free. That's the organic campaign um, piece that I'm talking about. But a lot of that is, you know, content marketing, user generated content. You know, you have employees, you have um, participants in your programs that you can leverage to tell great stories. And so when you kind of start to just, just start, get started and leverage that, you can put that on your different platforms and build from there. And I want to add on to that email marketing, you know, you can leverage yes. that. And then even direct mail, believe it or not, has has um, made a comeback in terms of it can be a little flyer, but these QR codes, that's data in terms of saying how many times have it, has it been scanned? You know, are people signing up for the workshop? So those are tactics that you can use that don't cost that much money. So let's assume we're trying to generate more awareness. Nobody knows us. So we want to generate more awareness. Okay. 
So we can spend some money on taking out ads, for instance, in various social media channels to try to help with that. So people will understand that we exist. The question is, you know, what should we expect from that marketing effort, from that advertising effort? I guess the social media channel will tell us they're going to let so many people see this ad. And from that, maybe some of them will actually understand what you actually wrote in the ad. I mean, I'm trying to figure out how do we assess what we're doing here? Yeah, that's a good question, Art. I think especially bridging um, digital marketing tactics, it's amazing how much you get kind of real-time data and analytics back. So, you know, let's say, for instance, you know, you are, like you mentioned, a nonprofit in Phoenix. Number one, you can geo-target Phoenix and say, I only want Phoenix. I only want, you know, people who are, you know, more you know, open to my type of organization and their pet enthusiasts and things of that nature. And so I want to target them with that message. Then, you know, the algorithms and everything will start giving you feedback pretty quickly um, to say, you know, hey, this headline's working or, you know, people stayed on this for only, you know, two minutes. But this one that you did that had the video, they actually watched, you know, the full video. And so you'll be able to get some metrics back to say, hey, what's really resonating? Um, What's the level of engagement? And then you'll be able to tweak. Um, That's been the beauty over the last 10 years of digital marketing is it lets you be very much, you know, um, real time in terms of, you know, being able to adapt to some of the feedback and metrics that you're getting. Are we spoiled? Are we all kind of spoiled with this idea of virtual advertisement or viral post? You know, we all kind of are looking for the one thing that we can do that will really explode on the scene. Is that realistic for advertisers to think that if they put something out there that is going to go viral, is marketing really more about consistency and grinding it out over a long period of time? I mean, I will jump in and say that, you know, from a true traditional brand marketer, building a brand takes time, period. You know, you have to, number one, have clarity, consistency, conciseness of message before people are even able to re-articulate that back to you and then and hold it in their hearts and say, you know what, I love this brand. And now I'm going to tell someone about this brand and I'm going to share this brand with someone else. That doesn't necessarily happen overnight. So I do think this, you know, we've become kind of a microwave society used to be microwave society. Now it's an Insta society where it's just a click or a thumb away. So I think everyone loves this notion of going viral. But when you really talk about brand building, that just takes time. It takes time to form what your brand stands for in a person's mind and then to seed your brand in a person's heart and then to make your brand a part of their daily activity to say, hey, I want to go engage. I want to volunteer. I want to go to this fundraiser. So from my perspective as a brand marketer, it definitely takes a little bit more time. It's possible to go viral, but you really want to continue to build your brand with your audience and grow from there. Well, Angela, thank you so much for joining us on the Heart of Giving podcast. I have to tell you, this information is really insightful, and I know our audience got a lot from it. And now we're going to have part two of this coming out next week, where we'll be hearing from, as I mentioned at the top, Therese Kong. And I know you'll want to hear Therese's take on how we get into segmentation 
of the various audiences and how charities can reach them. And this is a good place for donors to check in and really understand how charities should be thinking about reaching out to them too. For those of you who are listening for the first time, I really want to encourage you to subscribe to the Heart of Giving podcast. And you can also make a gift to the show by going to give.org. And we will put that money to great use. Thank you for listening and we'll see you back here next week. You've just listened to the Heart of Giving podcast with Art Taylor. Be sure to tune in next time for a brand new episode. To listen to our other interviews, visit heartgiving.podbean.com. That's heartgiving.podbean.com. Subscribe to our show on major podcast platforms. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests, not those of the BBB Wise Giving Alliance or program affiliates. This podcast is for information and educational purposes only and is copyrighted with all rights reserved. This podcast is protected by Podbean's Terms of Service.